Tuesday, July 11th, and we are just underway as Victor Webb and Yama and the San Antonio Spurs have decided to shut it on down. Welcome back to the Plus. It's the Damon Bruce Show. It's wonderful to have you here, and we're going to do something that we haven't done in a really, really long time. We're going to try to incorporate a little Tuesday trifecta. We'll save it for Club Plus. As a matter of fact, Club Plus today is going to be a Tuesday trifecta, so hopefully you stick around for all of that. I see the chatters are already underway, having a good chat. I love that. We got ourselves a good chat ready to go for you, and it is wonderful to have you back here. Thanks so much for stopping on by. It's not just a normal Tuesday. It's an Otani Tuesday. Beyond that, it is an all-star Otani Tuesday. Come on now. We got an all-star game happening up in Seattle tonight. It is the all-star game that officially still matters. Eh, kind of. We'll talk about that in the Tuesday trifecta. I can promise you that. But it is the all-star game that I like the most because it's actually, you know, it, it's it is representative of the way the sport is actually played. You don't get that in basketball. You don't get that in football. You certainly don't get that in the NHL all-star game. But we might see, you know, a whole bunch of runs tonight. We could see an actual pitcher's duel breakout. What I know I want to see is at least four at-bats from Shohei Otani. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we'll get into all of that on an Otani Tuesday in just a moment. But let's start with the news that the Spurs are indeed shutting down Victor Webinyama. He is all done in the summer league. We're not going to see him again. And obviously, that's not uh, good news for the network ESPN that's carrying the summer league because Victor Webinyama's summer league debut was the second most watched summer league game of all time. That's only behind Zion Williamson's summer league debut back in 2019. So the curiosity was certainly there to watch this guy step into his NBA career. But Greg Popovich basically has stepped in and said, okay, that's enough. We're the Spurs. And the last thing we're going to do is just give it away when it doesn't even matter. And as much as it sucks, for those who have bought tickets or are planning on going or wanted to see more of him, that's just the price of doing business with the San Antonio Spurs. So Greg Popovich is a brand-new contract. $80 million over five years, which is going to make him the highest paid head coach in the history of basketball. So Greg Popovich has that going for him, along with the fact that he is indeed Greg Popovich. His pelts are on the wall. The notches are on his belt. His enshrinement in the Hall of Fame, I believe, has already happened. You know, this guy is sitting on as much house money literally and figuratively now that he's been given the when a lot of people thought he'd be riding off into the sunset. Uh, Greg Popovich has said, I'm not going anywhere. And because of that, it, this is now more than ever his show. And we all know that the Greg Popovich show is stubborn in its nature. Uh, 82 games and the load management has begun for a 19 year old. And as much as it stinks and I don't like it, it's probably the right thing to do. This is about to be the most amount of basketball ever played in a calendar year in Victor Webinyama's life. There's no read to no need to go burning some of that gas before the race even begins when there's there's nothing to prove for him in summer league. You know, Victor Webinyama right now is and should be treated like an established NBA superstar because he's going to be that. And you certainly don't want to undercut that journey by twisting an ankle or having a knee. It's just, you don't want anything to go wrong with your key players in games that don't matter. 
And this guy is already a key player, not just for the Spurs, but for the league. The interest in him is through the roof. It's too bad if you are down there at Summer League that you're not going to be able to lay eyes on him once again. The overall interest in Spurs games in Las Vegas is about to crater in terms of ticket prices, I would imagine. But uh, there you go. What could be more possibly, what could possibly be more San Antonio Spurs than shutting down a superstar when all eyes are on TV. That's about as on brand for the Spurs as it absolutely gets. Want to thank our sponsors. First and foremost, we love our sponsors here on the Plus. We want to say thanks so much to Ike's, who is providing delicious sandwiches for anyone seeking delicious sandwiches. Get yourself to an Ike's today. No matter what your taste is, he's got something to suit that taste. Delicious sandwiches. Uh, I- I'm never afraid to double the meat. I'm never afraid to throw some jalapenos on that bad boy. Do it whatever way you want. Use the Ike's app to have it ordered to you conveniently this afternoon afternoon if you are thinking well i don't really want a sandwich i'm more in a burger mode well oh well that's whiskey mode we'll get there in just a second burger mode means it's time to get yourself to uncle boys uncle boys in the inner richmond balboa and fourth phenomenal san francisco true business run by real san franciscans who are doing an incredible job with a great burger delicious fries onion rings that i recommend and lumpia, lumpia, lumpia. Let me tell you more about the lumpia. Next time you're, I never thought, what do I, what does this cheeseburger need? How about a side of lumpia? It's the truth. We all need more lumpia in our lives. And you need a little Uncle Boys and a little lumpia in your life. Go get it today on your home. It's a great place to pick up a burger on your way home to feed yourself, to feed the crew. Um, Grab a burger from Uncle Boys when you're in the inner Richmond. And then again, as you're sitting around watching the All-Star game, maybe you're excited for Fish Tour that starts tonight. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Get yourself a bottle of Blackened. You'll be happy that you did. Delicious whiskey that suits all your whiskey needs, whether you want it neat on the rocks in a cocktail. It is versatile. It is delicious. It's at a price point that makes you say, I'll take two of those bottles, pick up two of those bottles today at BevMo or any place you go and get your fine whiskey. Make sure it is a bottle of blackened whiskey. So thanks so much to our sponsors and thanks so much to one of our benefactors who has been almost Shohei Otani. We now have uh, over 6% of our audience coming from Japan. Konnichiwa. Welcome to an all-star Otani Tuesday, for goodness sakes. The best player in the game has as big of a stage as he's been afforded at this point in his career. And that's because the Anaheim Angels are a bumbling, stumbling group of baseball players, as, as you can find. I mean, historically, they've always been a little bit cursed. They've always been off the main stage. It's the Anaheim freaking Angels. The amount of no one caring about the Anaheim Angels so dwarfs the amount of people who actually care about the Anaheim Angels that tonight a lot of people, let's face it, are going to be seeing Shohei Otani for the very first time this baseball season, which is a crime unto itself. The talk about the trade that Anaheim needs to make is certainly heating up. I've read about it in all kinds of places. And look, here's all you can say about Shohei Otani's. He's in the middle now of his sixth year 
with the Angels, okay? In six years with the Angels, you can forget about reaching the playoffs. You can forget about disappointing in the playoffs. You can't even get there. And Shohei Otani, six years now in Anaheim, this season included, the team is yet to finish above 500. This is a team with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. That's like saying you're running out of liquid and ice in Alaska. I mean, how can you have two vast resources of baseball power and just squander them completely? You can't even get above 500 with Shohei Otani, the greatest player on the planet, and Mike Trout, who until Shohei Otani showed up was the other greatest player on the planet. And you can't even go above 500? That's disgraceful. So it's time for the Anaheim Angels to look themselves in the mirror and say, what are we going to do with this guy at the trade deadline? And I'll tell you, the team is telling the Angels what it should do. They've lost 9 of 10 going into the break. You know, the team needs to come to terms with the reality that it faces. They can either trade Shohei Otani now for the Hall of the Century or they can let the best player on planet baseball walk for nothing. I don't want to hear about how Artie Moreno is losing sleep and he doesn't know how he doesn't want his name to go down with with former owners of the Red Sox as being the guy who traded you know Babe Ruth. Well look, so don't trade Babe Ruth for the couple hundred thousand dollars that you're going to open up an off-Broadway play with. This is not a no-no Nanette for Babe Ruth situation. This could be finally revamping your entire baseball team because you're trading one of the greatest resources of all time that you cannot figure out a way to use. A smart baseball team is about to trade Shohei Otani. No one's about to accuse the Anaheim Angels of being a smart baseball team. So we'll see what they actually do. I mean, here's what they got. As a hitter, Shohei Otani leads the majors in slugging percentage. And on base plus slugging, he leads the majors in home runs, I believe. And RBI, or if he's off that RBI path, it's by one or two runs driven in. And as a pitcher, he leads an opponent batting average. You know, Do you want Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole all rolled into one player because you kind of got that. And because of his blister, I believe Garrett Cole is starting for the lineup. It probably would have been Shohei Otani. More proof that the Angels are irrelevant, by the way. Bill Shaken of the LA Times said that Shohei Otani might be the headline attraction at the All-Star game, but he's not the player who sold the most jerseys this season. Most fascinating on the planet, a player on the planet, and he doesn't have the number one jersey sales. You want to know why? It's not because people are reluctant to rock a Japanese player's name. It's because people are reluctant to rock an Anaheim Angels jersey. No one wants one of those. No one. No one. They're totally forgettable jerseys. And I kind of like the A and the Halo. Like, it's not the worst I've ever seen, but it certainly ain't the best. Ronald Acuna Jr. has the number one selling baseball jersey. Shohei Otani is second. The fact that he isn't the first is a disgrace of the Anaheim Angels. It really is.
Fernando Tatis Jr., by the way, just letting you people don't give a rip about 80-game steroid suspensions. He's got the third best-selling jersey in all of baseball. There isn't a San Francisco Giant, by the way, in the top 20 of baseball jersey sales. There is a former Oakland A's player. Matt Olson is eighth, obviously the first baseman of the Atlanta Braves. So the Braves have been, uh, uh, you know, they've had, they've had an incredible first half. And Acuna has had an incredible first half. You know, the only thing wrong with Ronald Acuna's first half is that he doesn't have an ERA attached to, you know, the games he hasn't started because he's not also a pitcher. He's not also a freak of nature, but he is kind of a freak of nature. That guy packs an awful lot of pop and power into a small frame that is swiping bases like mad. He's uh, he's he's a hell of a player, Ronald Acuna Jr. He does deserve to have the number one selling jersey. And look, the Braves jersey is a better looking jersey than the Angels jersey. There was, well, I, I said it, and I don't like the Braves. So tonight we got an all-star game. We got an all-star game. Congrats to Alex Cobb, by the way, who is the second giant all-star to report for duty tonight in Seattle. Uh, He's had a terrific first half. He really has. While Logan Webb was struggling, while Anthony DeSclafani and Ross Stripling decided to struggle as Sean Manaya decided to show up and hardly be a contributor uh, in his first half, here's Alex Cobb doing an awful lot of the heavy lifting of this team starting rotation in the first half. And he deserves that all-star nod. He really does, but not nearly as much as Camilo Duvall, who was uh, slated to be a starter by the fans. He is, when you think about it, Camilo Duvall is maybe the least appreciated natural sports resource coming out of the Bay Area right now. We don't talk about him nearly enough because here's who Camilo Duvall is. Here's what he's established. He's established himself as a premier closer in Major League Baseball. Full stop. He is tied in a three-way tie for the most amount of saves in all of baseball. He's absolutely filthy. He's got a 1.05 whip. Got a hair in my mouth. Uh, I'm, uh. The guy is uh, a hell of a baseball player. He is he's unhittable at times when he's got that slider going and a fastball, which is like averaging 100 miles an hour. Uh, he is nasty. I saw uh, Baggerly write, uh, Doval's average fastball this season is clocking at 100.2 miles per hour. He's actually been clocked at throwing it 104 in a game against Arizona last season. And it's not a straight as a string four seamer either. That's his cutter. It veers into the knuckles of right handers, right righties, righties are hitting 0.063 against that pitch this season. The cutter hasn't even been Duvall's most effective weapon. His slider dominates everybody. The league is hitting 113 off Camilo Duvall's slider. And against lefties, they're hitting 057 against his slider. So he basically has three pitches that drift into the definable realm of nearly unhittable. You know, when you're bring, when you're breaking down hitters to less than 10% chance to get a hit, less than 10% chance or as best as you're going to have a 10% chance against this this pitch, you you got yourself a plus plus pitch. And Camillo's got two of them. 
He is good. He is special. Uh, we gave the All-Star Game and its home run derby a future grade of a C+. We'll see if the All-Star Game can't rise above that. I'm not sure that the home run derby did yesterday. Um, again, there isn't much of a difference between the National and American Leagues anymore, which takes a little oomph out of the All-Star Game in my book anyway. Maybe it doesn't for a generation that really doesn't care about those things. Uh, I thought that the home run derby just lacks. It lacks because... It doesn't have what I would call an appreciative tempo. The whole point of the Home Run Derby is to watch these majestic balls land somewhere in the upper deck, nearly out of the stadium, and there is such a premium on getting as many swings in as little time in as possible that it's just swing after swing after swing after swing after swing after swing after swing, and there's no time to stop and admire the handiwork of a single swing. There's, there's no time to sit back and go, wow, look at that majestic home run. It's, it, 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 it's, 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 got, it's got a tempo problem. At least it does in my mind. I don't know. Less would be more with the home run derby, in my opinion. I also think, I also think if we're being honest with each other, that the home run derby, more than any element or any mechanism of how you go about contesting the home run derby, I know some of you aren't going to agree with this at all. Some of you will. You know what the home run derby is really missing? Chris Berman. Say what you want about the repetitive back, 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 back. It, it was part of the show. And it's the part of the show that the show is missing. You know, Carl Ravitch is officially there being excited by nothing. Nothing. Carl Ravitch isn't into it, not at all. You can just feel his rather be somewhere else energy coming out of that broadcast. I don't even know who he's sharing the dais with. I don't like the pace. Can't enjoy a single home run. And I miss Chris Berman. The same way, you know, I think that the All-Star game tonight is going to miss Joe Buck. Joe Buck's voice lended gravity to sporting events. It really did. And sporting events miss the gravity of Joe Buck when he's not there to provide it. There's something about that voice. There's something about just his presence that makes a game feel bigger. And I'm not saying Joe Davis is bad at this. He's not. He's good at it. He's a good broadcaster. But he just doesn't have that gravity that Joe Buck has. Maybe I'm showing my age. I don't know. The All-Star Game is at 5 o'clock tonight. Um, we'll see what we got. Congratulations, by the way, to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is your home run derby champion. He joins his father, Vladdy Daddy Guerrero, uh, as the only father and son duo to ever be crowned home run derby champions. The elder Guerrero won the derby back in 2007 when he defeated Alex Rios in the final round. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. defeated Randy Arozarena 25 to 23 in the final round to win the home run derby. So. Congrats to all involved. I'll watch tonight. I'll watch tonight. But I think I also got to have the uh, fish tour opener on. Fish tour opener, man. I, 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 I can't not pay attention to that, right? Fish summer tour starts tonight. A 23-show run. 
beginning in uh, Huntsville, Alabama. Fishy playing the South. Couch tour for the entire 23-show run going off at 500 bucks because I'm a frequent flyer, so I got a little bit of a deal. I, here's the thing. If I review some of the shows here on the show, that officially becomes a write-off, which means we can't afford not to buy the entire couch tour. At least that's what I'm going to tell Jillian now that I've already done it. <laughs> Honey, we can't afford to not have this. Sure. Oh, it's going to become part of the show's content. Great. Making videos to be enjoyed by 12 people. Won't be the first time. Won't be the last. Again, broadcasting isn't something I'm nearly as interested in anymore as just niche casting, narrow casting, daemon casting, plus casting, fish casting. So maybe we'll be some, uh, there'll be some show reviews, some set list reviews. Again, who will this appeal to other than myself? Great question. I don't know. I really don't care. What we officially have is what is about to be one of the slowest sports weeks of the entire year. After the All-Star game, there's a reason why the ESPYs are always the Wednesday after the All-Star game. That's because nobody's got shit to do. Thursday is a slow-it-down day. Friday, you start thinking about what baseball second half is going to become, and then wham, bam, thank you, man, we're back into weekend series, right? Isn't that, I think that's how it works. We got games coming back up again this Friday, I believe. But uh, it's the slowest sports week of the year, among them anyways. You know, Valentine's Day, that that February all-star break NBA, that was always when I took my vacation when I was on the air because that was the time to just, there, there's nothing to talk about. Like, football's done. We're not close enough to guys reporting for spring training yet, so that's not happening. We got no basketball going on. Conference championship uh, basketball tournaments haven't started. That, that middle of February is just direct for sports. This is the second worst time of the year for sports right now. Again, thank God I had a Victor Webinyama shutting it down story today, so I actually knew what to choose as a lead story for today's show. I didn't even know what to do with the thumbnail. That's why I started touting the fact that we have a Tuesday trifecta coming up in what is normally known as Club Plus, and we'll get there in just a minute. Pat Fitzgerald, I told you, as soon as you got a, sinky, a kinky sex element involved in your hazing, you're in an awful lot of trouble as a coach now these days, and Pat Fitzgerald is out at Northwestern. This is a guy who's been there for 17 years. It's not like they just hired some rando to coach the team. This is a guy who, even though he's coming off a terrible year, I think they were 1-10. in 10. But Northwestern, he's an alum. That's his alma mater. And look, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. And for those of you who just want to say, no, there's 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 no nuance to everything. It's black. It's white. It's good. It's bad. There's no in-between. There's no gray area in anything. Screw all of you. You've never been around sports long enough to know how any of these locker rooms or kids in them behave. Hazing is part of the landscape of all locker rooms. And some of it, believe me, is healthy. Some of it, believe me, is 
team bonding and good memory things that kids appreciate having gone through tradition rich programs have their own little elements of things that could be defined as hazing that are just initiation trials of initiation if you will and a lot of them are, are good and healthy but the minute it turns into like over the clothes sexual assault and, and that's probably an exaggeration you know being dry humped by seniors because you're loafing it in practice like there's a way for you to let that roll off your back and not let it be a life-altering scarring event but let's totally honest be honest and this is not a victim blaming thing but if you are a student at Northwestern you, you probably don't have a lot of victimhood in your life like you're smart enough to go to Northwestern you're at a great academic school you're also playing a sport which means you know you're you're playing football in the Big 10 you're a football player and you're probably really good at it, and you've been awfully successful, and we got generation loves victimhood. This is your chance now to be a victim. You know, if this has really been going on for years and in multiple teams and handed down, and Pat Fitzgerald is basically saying, look, I've been here for all these years, and this has been going on, and I didn't know about it. Well, again, your problem is twofold right there. How do you know the thing that you claim to not know about has been going on for all these years if you're claiming to not knowing about it? So we know you got to know about it. And here's the thing. Even if you don't know about it, that's not good either. You have to be in charge of every single aspect of your team when you're a college football head coach. Believe me, there's players in Alabama getting hazed, and Nick Saban knows about all of it. Okay? He knows about all of it. Now, what he'll claim to actually know, plausible deniability, I'm sure there's there's some wiggle room built in for Nick there too. But don't play this like, ah, shrug emoji. I had no idea. Yeah, you did. You knew that seniors were putting on purge masks and dry humping guys loafing it in practice. You knew it. You endorsed it. You nodded when it happened. Shout out student newspapers, right? As real newspapers are losing steam in their sports room uh, all over the country, the Northwestern student daily newspaper is the one that really cracked this story wide open. So here's to student journalism. Maybe the last bastion of actual journalism, one of the many ways, happening these days. Are you ready for a sip of the day? I know that I am. There's one other thing that I wanted to kind of bring up here before we get into club plus and a little Tuesday trifecta. That's got an all-star flavor to it. Uh, I was reading on Barrett sports media, a former program director of mine who hired me to afternoon drive. When I was on that radio station, he has since left the dying industry to become a consultant of the dying industry. And he basically has seminars where he tells people, Hey, by the way, you're in a dying industry. Um, Jordan Bondurant writes for Barrett Sports Media, and he is tracking what is going on with the Pac-12 network and a new media rights deal, which is still not in place. We're, we're playing football in college in about, what, six, seven, eight Saturdays from now? Maybe not even? On Monday, Dan Patrick said that the admittance of San Diego State and SMU to the Pac-12 could be in jeopardy because of the fact there is no media deal that has been agreed to. 
since USC and UCLA are joining to or uh, bolting to join the Big Ten, the Pac-12 needs to add. How do you add schools to your conference when you don't even have a TV deal done? And Dan Patrick asked a, a legit question out loud. He said, "Why is it the Live Tour?" can get a TV deal done when no one watches the live tour. Like you say what you want about Pac-12 football, not having the interest of other conference. It's still more interesting and has a lot more interest caked built into its cake than the live tour does. The live tour is on TV. Now I know it's a lot more complicated to put in a college football schedule, multiple broadcasts, multiple stadiums, multiple start, start times. It's, it's a bigger it's a it's a bigger road to hoe for sure but i get what dan patrick is saying how can the live tour find a tv partner yet the pac12 network can't it, it's it's embarrassing you know i know that george kliakov the new commissioner of the pac12 was really put up against it by the former commissioner of the pac12 larry scott who was terrible at his job uh, leaving him with a bare cupboard in many different ways, including losing the two most properties that you could possibly have in Southern California, USC and UCLA. That's all Larry Scott's fault. But my God, take a bad, a bad deal is better than no deal. How are you supposed to walk into a recruit's home and say, yeah, you're going to be on TV? What TV? I mean, even the CW would be a step up from nothing. Again, you're the Sunbelt Conference if you don't have a TV deal. And I think the Sunbelt Conference has a TV deal. It's a lot more local than it is national. But I, 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 it, what an embarrassment for the Pac-12. It's just a joke. I mean, how do you lose a presence in Southern California if you don't go adding San Diego State? It's just an unbelievable, unbelievably ridiculous course of action set upon by a commissioner who ruined everything and a new commissioner who doesn't quite know how to fix anything. It's rough out there. If you're a Pac-12 alum, you got to be embarrassed. You got to seriously be embarrassed by the inability of... Uh, an entire conference to put itself back on a map. That's unbelievable. And like I told you, we are never going to waste your time, but we are going to have a Tuesday trifecta. We're going to do it in club plus, which means if you were listening on the podcast, you're about to miss a Tuesday trifecta. I'll tell you what it is. And I want everyone to start thinking about it right now. Our trifecta topic this Tuesday is the stars are out. Question number one, what is your go-to all-star game memory? Question number two, why doesn't the all-star game hold the magic that it used to? And who makes the NBA all-star game first? Jordan Poole or you get any other warrior not named Stephen Curry? Curry's off the board, so who would you pick? The field for the Warriors or Jordan Poole? Can't have Curry to reach an NBA All-Star game first. 
the Tuesday trifecta. I want you all hitting that on the chat right now. We're about to get into it. I'm about to scroll down and pick up right where we left off and work backwards throughout the show today. So the Tuesday trifecta is officially about to start. The stars are out is our subject. What is your favorite all-star game memory? Why doesn't the all-star game hold the magic that it used to? Or maybe you think it does. And who will make the NBA All-Star Game first? Jordan Poole or any other Warriors player not named Steph Curry? That's what we're about to do in Club Plus. If you're listening today on the podcast, I say thank you oh so much for doing so. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone. 